You know, Kevin Hart sold out his shows. When he was on the come up, all of his fellow comedians were really surprised. Like, how is this guy selling out shows? And what he would do is every show he would go to, he would leave cards to collect the email address. By the way, this is a precursor to Google eliminating all cookies this year. As you mm. know, like by the end of this year, all cookies are gone. If we can find a way to advertise and still protect people's privacy, you know, um, rights and all that stuff, let's do that. Let's do it better. With sales, the first barrier you have to jump is them dropping that idea that you're there to sell them something. Dropping that idea of a, a bias salesperson who's just trying to sell me something. That's the first thing you're up against. And you can make or break, win or lose that in the first you know, 20 Welcome to the Inbound Buzz Podcast. I'm Moby Sadiq and I'm joined by my fellow co-host, Mr. Tony Cow. How are you, Tony? Good. Happy 2024, Moby. How I know. It's our first show back, right? Yeah. It's been, been a minute. You've been doing a bit of tra- um, traveling, so... We'll Man, I... So today is the 25th. Uh, if you're listening, you know, whenever we're recording this, um, and most of the month I've spent living out of a suitcase. Wow. So I was in Cambodia for a little bit and then came back and then I just came back from a trip from India, which was amazing. Just a shout out. Moby does a lot of uh, charity work in uh, oh, man, Cambodia. They, you, know, you don't have to make me blush. But. Yeah, but he does <laughs> He does some good work. He raised a lot of funding for the, um, the kids' orphanage. Amazing stuff. Inspiring. Thanks, man. And, yeah. our, our CFO, Sophie, should take all the credit because she's actually on the board of this charity. I just get to go have a trip and play with some kids. But uh, You got thanks, food poisoning, you. didn't you? Food poisoning? Where do I get food poisoning? In India? Or was it Cambodia? No. I got sick both countries, oh, okay. man. Like, yeah. <laughs> no, I didn't get food poisoning in India. But India was really cool. So shout out to a client of ours, Mavelers. They are an outsourcing company where if you need marketing talent, you're looking for like a person in SEO, Google Ads, developers. Shout out to them. Amazing, amazing client. One of our favorite clients. All of our clients are one of our favorite clients. <laughs> but I was there for a week just to do like a, a sales and marketing training marathon. Amazing. So it was a lot of fun. It is the only place I've done training, Tony, where I did like Bhangra dancing. Wow. Before I actually kicked off. I, I saw you look like a natural. Like <laughs> Not really, bro. Like, <laughs> thank you. You, nice no, you, you can dance. Like <laughs> thing is I can dance. So I can normally yeah. change the cultures. But um, but no, we'll talk about that later today. Like there's definitely some key things I want to pull out and share with our audience today. Yep. But um, but yeah, excited to get going. So first news buzz, Microsoft Copilot release to individuals. So originally, um, you know, we spoke about this like a year ago or in our conference maybe about mm. um, Microsoft Copilot. It was only for yeah. like organizations and basically you know, people that could afford it, pay for it. But now they are releasing it to individuals like yourself and me and everyone else for $20 a month. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting, right? So it's funny. We had our marketing conference on the 30th of October, 31st of October. October yeah, has yeah. 30 days or yeah. 31st? 31st. Yes. Yeah, October has 31st day. It was the last day of the month. That's what I remember. And that day they were releasing it the next day in America to businesses, Copilot. And essentially like the power of Copilot is like, you know, say, you know, you've got like a chatbot and you have a connected, this is how they sell you on the vision, right? And it's a really cool vision. You might be like, you know, hey, uh, Copilot, take this spec sheet and create a product description out of it. Great. Now take this spec sheet and create a uh, web page out okay. of it. Now create a press release. Now take this content that you've created and create a PowerPoint slide deck oh, wow. on this new product that we have. Okay. So pretty cool stuff, right? Is it good though? Is it like legit? Or? Look, it's going to be like everything. Like these tools, like ChatGPT, is all about how you train them and prime them. Now, 
I remember you asking me this. Is it going to be great? No, it's not going to be crash hot, but it's going to be enough to actually kind of get you going mm. and give you structure. Okay. So that that's the whole kind of vision behind thing. And the when the, you think about it, like Microsoft is in, a, in an enviable position. So, you know, for people who don't know, they own like 49% of ChatGPT. Yeah. Right. So they own half of ChatGPT. So they're using all of that technology. They've got access to people's like office suite. And that's the thing with data, right? If you're on the Microsoft ecosystem, your Outlook, your files, mm. like imagine like being able to go to a chatbot and you don't even remember where this data is. You just know it's in a file somewhere. Yeah. And being able to be like, um, like for example, our uh, you look at our podcast stuff, right? Yep. Sometimes I don't know about you, Tony, you'll be talking to a client, but like, oh, we spoke about that on a show. Yeah. And I can't remember what show that was on. Yeah. But our show notes are saved in our OneDrive or our SharePoint. So I could be like, um, Copilot, create for me a an email I want to send to a client about a topic we discussed on the podcast. Wow. That was about chat GPT. Yeah, right, right. Right? So it's like instant VA, e executive assistant, come just better, right there. Right, better, right? It's going to really put VAs in the Whoa. tricky position <laughs> yeah. job-wise, right? So anyway, to your point, Tony, like, yeah, they've released a free version, which is garbage. It's got nothing. The free version has foundational capabilities, whatever that is, web grounding and commercial data protection. Man, boring. The paid one, right, this is where the meat is actually, Copilot in Outlook, Word, Excel, PowerPoint, and OneNote. Mm. Then the one for organization includes Copilot in Teams. Yeah. So, yes, you're right. Like they, when they released it, they don't talk about the cost. They just get excited about it. Yeah. Now it's anywhere from $20 to $30 per person. And apparently it's using OpenAI's GPT-4 Turbo during peak times. I don't know like how much better that is, but... I guess it means because of bandwidth. They yeah. just give you a higher rate priority access. It's like when you go to Disneyland, you pay for entry and then you have to pay extra just to get the VIP lane. Oh, really? Yeah. I oh. don't know. I'm not oh. I'm not that I'm not that rich. So I don't know what yeah. that I don't know what that feels like. Yeah. But that's what Disneyland's like, you know? So that's what what it, what it is. Um our second segment, um, news buzz. Open AI announces App Store. So I was scratching my head about this because I was like, a house is better, you know, what's but it's like it's better organizations for like AI um, you know, plugins and all that sort of stuff. Is that right? Yeah. So, you know, currently on chat GPT, like it's not that difficult to build like custom GPTs, yeah. you know, even without code, they're relatively easy to make. So it's not that difficult for you to make a custom GPT for your own mm. requirements. But obviously the success of chat GPT and AI and things of those nature is going to rest on the ability for the average user to mm. immediately apply it to their needs. Mm. So they've released just like, you know, the Google App Store and the, you know, the yep. Apple App Store. Obviously, this was like Apple's brainchild, right? They're doing the same thing. So now there will be an App Store for, you know, GPTs. So for example, like say you're looking for one that will help you design social media posts. Yeah. Right? You, or you wanted one that... Um, you know, create spreadsheets oh, off wow. of unstructured data yeah, right, or, right. you know, things like that. So it will be like application or user case specific mm. GPTs that you don't really need to create a custom GPT for, even though it's pretty easy. And even though I still think it's worth, you know, the modern worker having cursory knowledge yep. in custom G GPTs, it's something that I've like, I, I feel like, even I feel like I'm behind on. Like yeah. We do it quite a lot at, at yeah. Red Pandas. But, um, but yeah, yeah, some okay. great movements in that space. And man, if you thought 2023 was the year for AI, just watch what's going to happen this yeah, year. It's going to be true. insane. It's going to explode. 
Meta looks to get more advertisers utilizing targeting automation with latest marketing API update. Yeah, talk to us about this, Tony. It's your space. What does this all mean? Yeah, so, you know, Facebook, like, does have their AI, you know, implemented. They're always trying to update the uh, advertising and the platform. So, like, originally, it was actually happening last year where you created a campaign on Facebook and it automatically set up this advantage detail targeting, uh, you know, like, uh, option. I always opted out for it. I didn't like it. Right. I, I tested it a bit last year. It just didn't work. The results were really poor. But So what's the idea? Like, what, how do they sell you on it? Well, number one, they're making – every time you create an, a campaign, they automatically select advantage uh, detail targeting. So mm. the only way, you know, to for Legion or, you know, sales is to get out of it. I haven't really tested – I mean, you know, it's weird in 2024 January, so it's still a bit of testing, but I didn't see any good results. I like having more control. I can target who I want to target, you know, age, um, you know, interest, all that sort of stuff. I honestly well, didn't what, – what did, what did they sell us on, Tony? Like what's their value prop? Like turn this on and you get like what? What's their well, sell? Yeah, interesting because it says advantage detail targeting leverages advanced automation and machine learning. So it does everything, right? Um, it's automated. So the, vague. Yeah, but then it says advantage detail targeting can help improve campaign performance by allowing our systems to reach a broader group of people. See, the question is that, that that's telling me Facebook wants to spend more of your budget to go test and figure it out. Mm. For me, I feel like you're going to waste more budget doing that. Whereas if you know who your target market is and your demographics, why not just go target it yourself if you do your homework, right? Yeah. So... It might look good and like I say, go test it, but I feel like just be careful because Facebook's going to spend your budget and that's what I saw. Yeah, interesting. So I don't recommend it yet, but um, it eventually will become um, probably the normal way of advertising with mm. Facebook. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, what's, yeah. Anything else on that or move to the next yeah, one? Yeah, we'll move on to the next one. Like, cookie-less world is coming. This is interesting because as advertisers and marketers, this was our bread and butter for the You've past been talking about this, yeah. decade. <laughs> it's funny though, this like fear when it first, because they've been talking about this for over a year, right? Probably now, Tony, like maybe yeah. two years almost. Yeah, true. When this was sort of first announced or started first coming into the periphery of, a, you know, like mainstream media and marketing. It's like, oh no, cookies are dying, cookies yeah. are dying. What are we going to do? But there's been like, it, like everything, man, the fear is always out, outweighs the reality. Yeah. You know, on Facebook, yeah, we lost some types of conversion, but there was like API, Facebook mm. API, right? Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of like automation software as well is a little bit immune to this, like HubSpot, because it doesn't use the same type of cookie tracking as well. Mm. Um, but like, it's just one of those things. But I think this is definitely, definitely a really big step, a first big step in that, or one of the biggest steps in this area. Because as of today, and this was article was written a few weeks ago, so consider as of 2024, 1% of global users, so that's about 30 million people, will be randomly chosen and asked if they want to browse with more privacy. Mm. On Sorry, I should have said on, on Google Chrome. Yeah. So uh, 1% of global users, 30 million people on Chrome are going to be randomly chosen and asked if they want to browse with more privacy, meaning the removal of cookies. Mm. So what will happen for those users, you know, like right now already on Apple has like high data, whatever, mm. just, just blanket, blanket, no more cookies, mm. like completely gone. Almost, it's almost like every visit you do, you know, you know, you can yeah. browse on private mode. Every visit you do is going to be like that. Anonymous. Anonymous. Yeah. You know, 
Now, I find this really interesting. And by the way, this is a precursor to Google eliminating all cookies this year, as you mm. know. Like by the end of this year, all cookies are gone, right? A couple of things here. I think two th- areas we've got to think about. The paid side, right? Mm. And I know you've got a view on this and then we'll talk about the content side. But on the paid side, what does this mean? Should people be worried mm. in this cookie future? Yeah, it's funny because everyone thinks cookies is the best tracking method and there's a reason why it's going to get outdated, right? Google and probably them have figured out something better or they're going to find something better. So I actually believe in privacy, Mobs. Like I like my privacy. So I feel like if we can find a way to advertise and still protect people's privacy, you know, um, rights and all that stuff, let's do that. Let's do it better. And eventually that will lead to better targeting, better advertisements. Um, that's how I see it. Cookies were the you know thing of the past, but there's a future coming where you know we'll have better tracking um, methods, I believe. Yeah, there's always something, yeah. right? And the other thing too, this is a good reminder on focusing on your owned media, not yeah. rented media. I shared a case study recently where Kevin Hart, you know Kevin Hart sold out, sold out his shows? Mm. So Kevin Hart, when he was on the come up, all of his fellow comedians were really surprised. Like, how is this guy selling out shows? And what he would do is every show he would go to, he would leave cards to collect the email addresses. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah. And they'll do their email addresses, put their email addresses, they'd collect all the cards. And then every time he came back to that city, he would send them a personal email, probably from his team. Hey, I'm in town. Do you want tickets? Do you want advanced tickets, discount tickets? Right? This guy was doing email marketing before it came cool. And he relied not, not on the promoters, not on rented land. He relied on his own database. Yeah. That's how Kevin Hart sold out shows in places he, re- he went to with email marketing. Right? So whether it was then or now, you, you speak to any of the experts, they'll tell you that email marketing, your own database instead of relying on cookies and like funnels and stuff is the most important thing you have to do. Interesting. So Cat Williams was lying. Yeah, Cat <laughs> I don't know what Cat Williams is going on. Like he's probably there's some probably some truth there, right? I know he's been like slamming everyone. Yeah. They're all weird into some weird crap, right? Yeah. Like they're all they're not saints by any stretch, right? But that's interesting. But I I will, on before we pass off this note, I will find this really interesting. There's a guy called like Chavez and he represents Google and I believe he works at Google. Mm. And in this article, he talks about, in this press release, he talks about like, it's our responsible approach to a cookie-less world and we're phasing this out, making it easy for advertisers. So like, just give them time to prepare for a cookie-less world. Mm. He also goes on to say, we'll provide businesses with tools to succeed. So high quality content remains accessible, whether that's news articles, videos, educational information, community site, or other forms of web content. Mm. He's specifically talking about we're going to provide businesses tools to make educational content free and accessible and easy to use. Mm. What have we been talking about for the last five years? Yeah. Content. They ask you answer. Having educational content, asking, answering, answering people's concerns, questions, queries, doubts, fears, whatever, mm. and having that on your website and syndicating that via email. Mm. So this is even more reason that they ask you answer providing content, whether it's AI or voice bots, like, you know, voice search or whatever, all that stuff, all roads lead to content. True. That's why we say like from an organic point of view or a marketing point of view, one of the best investments you can make is a content person who mm. create articles. And what we say is that person needs training and guidance and support. That's why partners like ourselves or people can buy a book and, and learn 100%. from they ask you answer. That's where we come in. Yeah, you, you got to invest in that, eh? Like, it's the only way. Yeah, you got to invest in yourself and your team. Mm. But yeah. 
But that's that. That's the news for this week. Fantastic. I'm actually more excited about this segment. Featured Buzz, the perfect discovery call. So Moby was actually traveling to an international place and um, he was doing a sales and marketing marathon and where he was training a group of sales professionals, right, on, you know, how to do sales better and stuff. Sales is not my area, so I might have to lean more on your, your expertise on this. But, like, you were talking about, like, the perfect discovery call. Like, what does that look like? What What is that? Take us through that because you did some interesting stuff. And, like, I was following your social media platform and i saw people getting excited with your stuff and people dancing so man you gotta share this stuff yeah i mean don't take it from me Uh, i always like to sort of if there's good feedback available and someone asks me how something was i'm always like look ask people that were there look for third party information Mm -hmm. and if you follow me on linkedin and if you don't you can follow me on linkedin moby sadiq um i've reshared a lot of stuff but a lot of people who were there have been sharing their experience. Yeah. It's been really, really cool. But Tony's right. Like essentially we did a four-day sales and marketing, like a marathon we called it. Uh, there was a few days of marketing, but most of the time was there on sales and training salespeople. We had about 30 people there. And one of the key things we focused on is when we do sales training, we focus on communication techniques. We focus on a lot of fundamentals in a business, like getting them comfortable role-playing because it takes a minute, but we get them there quickly getting them comfortable role-playing, getting them recording calls, reviewing calls together. We work on communication principles, but one of the first thematic areas we focus on is the discovery. Hmm. Because if you don't nail the discovery, you're not going to have proposals to send. All the proposals you send aren't going to be proposals you maybe should have sent or you're going to lose them before you even send them. Right. So we did a whole segment on the art of the perfect discovery call. And uh, we can go over what that looks like right now. And so, you know, that went for four days, like what, 12 hours a day or something? Or like, oh, yeah. I mean, no long ass days. Uh, wow. It wasn't sales mo- every day, but probably like, you know, a day and a half of that was with the sales team. Damn. You know, so yeah. Like, nice. I love that stuff though. Like, yeah, I could yeah. do that all day. Yeah. Maybe <laughs> yeah. can speak all day. <laughs> Absolutely. So let's go for it. Uh, number one, there was something that you wrote about on your list was um, agenda setting uh, plus. WTWA? WTWA, WOTWA, the most important thing you need to cover in the first 10 seconds of a sales call. Okay. And WOTWA is willing to walk away. And it works really, really powerfully. And how it essentially works is like 90% of my sales calls start like this. Hey, Tony, so nice to meet you. In this call, let's understand where you're at and where you're trying to get to or what you're trying to achieve. And if we can help you, great. I can talk about next steps and what that looks like commercially. And if we can't, I can point you in the right direction. Mm. How does that sound? It's very, very subtle. But what it does, I actually will say that and clients will say, oh, thank you. Like, you know, because you're going to help me out. Like I'm here as a guide and I am as a guide. I'm not here to sell. I'm here to solve, Mm. right? Solve, not sell. So what that does, it automatically, because with sales, the first barrier you have to jump is them dropping that idea that you're there to sell them something, dropping that idea of a, of a, a bias salesperson yeah. who's just trying to sell me something. Interesting. That's the first thing you're up against. And you can make or break, win or lose that in the first you know, 20 seconds of the sales call. It's funny because when we're in a sales call, I see you do that. And like I've seen amazing results from that. Eh? It's like, yeah, it's not that hardcore, you know, sleazy sales kind of, it's like nice. And they, they get engaged into it, right? Because you're asking them a question and stuff. Really. Yeah. And the thing is, don't use it like, I mean, people can do whatever they want. If someone's listening wants to use it as a hack, that's that's your loss, your journey. You do you, right? Mm. I don't care. 
But like you have to be genuine with that too. Mm. Like you have to be genuinely genuine with that and it'll come across like that way. So we're there to help them. And then if we can't help them, we tell them. We tell them we can't help you. But what it does automatically, they see you as an advisor right away. Mm. You know, and then they'll actually even ask you like, you know, um, there's one I'm talking to right now. He's like, oh, look, you know, this is what we're looking for. It doesn't sound like this is something you guys do, you know, for the package you've rec yeah. recommended to me. Have I got that correct? So it's actually given me a chance to like salvage that. Normally the person will be like, they might not even email me. They might not even tell me. Mm. But they're saying like, we needed ABC, but I don't think this is covered in your package. Am I right with that? And actually it's covered in our package in that example. Yeah. I can help them. But I've just kind of dropped their barrier. So that, that's always step one, like agenda setting. Like, you know, okay, cool. This is what we're going to talk about. Yep. Owning the frame as a salesperson, you have to own the conversation. Mm. You know, it's not about being aggressive. It's about owning it and willing to walk away. That's always step one. So that's the first 20 seconds. And you say one of the most important um, sections for... Yeah, yeah, yeah okay. absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. And then we have... Is it CRTB? Yeah, I love my acronyms, right? Yeah. It's just the way I remember stuff, right? So the next thing you've got to do, like once you kind of get that out of the way, is get the compelling reason to buy. I probably review, I don't know, maybe 100 sales calls in a week. Oh, sorry, not a week. Maybe in a month. Like in a month, I'm probably listening to 100 sales calls of various sales of companies, wow. sales organizations. I, at the same time, I'm part of a lot of HubSpot sales calls. Yeah. And I can tell you some of them are great, but some of those these guys are crap, rubbish. Because what they'll do is they'll like, cool, okay, this is the agenda. And they might even do willing to walk away, right? You know, like, because I've trained a lot of these guys. Mm. They'll do willing to walk away. And then they'll do something like, all right, cool, um, you know, what are your requirements? Or what are you looking for? You know, which doesn't sound bad. It doesn't sound very like, you know, sounds quite innocent. But what it ignores is why are they here? What you're looking for and why you're here are two different things, right? So if you're, for example, you know, say we're selling, um, say we're selling like HubSpot, yep. you know, you know, like that question can lead me two different ways. So I do my agenda setting, will to walk away. I could go with, our right, cool, what are you looking for? What are your requirements? That can come later. I want to know why are you here? So that might look like, okay, look, you know, what brought you here, hmm. Right. Or, you know, why are you looking for this solution and why now? Yeah. Now, I kind of cheated there. I always say ask one question. Don't ask two or three in one. That's another thing salespeople do. Like, you know, why are you here? What are you looking for? And is there anything that you want us to look out for? That's a very bad sales question because the person will just respond with the path of least resistance. Now, if you're thinking, because I know why people do this because people have told me this. Yeah. They're like, well, maybe I like to do that because that way I give them something to grab onto. Yeah, but you're not being very intentional. You don't know where you're going with it. You don't know what the next question is going to be. It's a lazy way out. You're not owning the conversation. Mm. And also it's not a very powerful frame, you know? Yeah. So I'm always aware of anything that takes your power away. So anyway, so the compelling reason to buy is like, okay, what's got you reaching out, you know, to, uh, to buy HubSpot today? And here's a key thing, right? And we won't go into, into this step too much, the law of three, right? Have you ever like, you know, um, you know, you know, your your child is uh, quite young right now, mm. but I don't know if you remember with your brother or sister or young kids, if, if you ever ask them what their day is like, like, how was your day? And they'll be like, yeah, good. Especially boys, like girls are the best. Like girls talk yeah. to you, whatever. My daughter will tell me everything that happened from nine to three, right? Her <laughs> friend, Zainab, and the, yeah. everything, right? But boys are like, yeah, good. Yeah. Now, you know, that's, you're not going to get the answer. Yeah. You have to probe, right? Yeah, good. What was good about it? Oh, da, da, da. Maybe you still won't get anything. Okay, cool. Scale of one to 10. 
And by the way, you can use this with kids. This is a sales <laughs> technique. Scale of one to 10, how was your day? Eight. Oh, what would have made it a 10? Or why wasn't it a 10? Mm. The point I'm trying to get to, you never get the answer with the first answer. Oh. So one of the other things I, I find when I start coaching people, they're like, yeah, maybe I did it. I asked them, you know, why, why here, why now? Or why are you looking for our solution now? But what I find that they're really doing, and I still sometimes do this when I get lazy. I used to do this a lot in the start. You're just waiting to speak, right? Ah, oh, because I want to increase leads. Okay, great. Well, we've got this thing that really helps increase leads. The wrong way to do it. Oh, so okay. the compelling reason to buy arms very, very nicely with the law of three, right? So what's got you looking into HubSpot? You know, well, Moby, you know, like I need to increase uh, my sales, right? Increase your sales? Tell me more, mm. right? So there's these things you can do like using mirrors. Mirrors is like, you know, are you too expensive? Too expensive? Mm. That's a mirror. So whether it's a mirror or tell me more or using some other angle that I coach uh, clients on, the idea is to ask three times. Okay. And then when you think you're done, ask anything else. Okay. I promise you no one's going to be annoyed by that. And if you are going to ask a lot of questions, you need to vanguard that. So what vanguarding is, Hey, Tony, for me to actually make sure I recommend the right thing for you and not make a mistake in my recommendation, I'm going to ask you a bunch of questions. might feel like an interrogation, but it's important hmm. we get through these questions and you answer them honestly. How does that sound? Yeah, right. Right? Because now I'm setting you up. And I know it sounds like overkill, but I have seen when people don't do that and then they ask questions. And I've literally heard someone say, I swear to God, hand on heart, someone say, I don't want to answer a marketing survey. This feels like a marketing survey. <laughs> And I, I remember to that particular sales rep, I said, do you see what you missed there? You missed the Vanguard. Chances are he wouldn't have said that if you didn't do the Vanguard. So Vanguard is getting ahead an objection before it happens. Yeah, right. So these are some of the sort of things we work, we focus on. So another one is interesting, success factors. Yeah, so if you think about a discovery call, what's your objective? Your objective is to get their requirements. Sure, everyone knows that. That's, that's the obvious part, right? Discover. Get their requirements. It's also, and this is the next stuff is what separates the boys from the men, the ladies from the girls, right? The next stop is next stop is actually their compelling reason to buy, right? Like I said, law of three, blah, blah, blah. But then you want to know what they will judge you on. You want to know when they make a decision, what are they actually going to judge you on to make a decision? Now, you could ask that, and mm. it's not the worst question. I've heard worse questions than that. You know, what are you going to judge us on? But that sounds a little bit weak, mm. you know, it sounds a little bit desperate, you know. So the success factors are like, you know, one way to ask this question is what needs to be true for you to make a decision, mm. right? What needs to be true for you to make a decision or what needs to be true for you to select the vendor that you're going to select? Mm. Well, Tony, it has to be, it has to come in at a good price. It has to be made in Australia, like da, 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 whatever it is. Mm. Right, and then you use the law of three. What else? What else? Tell me more. Yeah. Anything else? Right. So the the sometimes people people get confused with those. The compelling reason to buy, like that's why you're here. That's what's brought you here. What what are your pain points right now? Right. The success factors are asking what are you going to actually judge? What's your criteria mm. of judgment in terms of what you use? Yeah. You know. Um, and then from there, after that, then you get into requirements gathering, right? And it sounds like a lot, but it's done in a very flowy way. And you do it in a flowy way. You can do all of this in 20. That's the thing too. People think it takes a long time. People have also asked me how long should discovery call take? I say 15 minutes to 20 minutes max. Oh, okay. 
You can do all of this, what I'm talking, in 15 to 20 minutes. It's, it's very, very quick. Okay. So you got like, let's, I mean, we haven't, you got like nine points here. Do yeah, I've got like nine points here, right? So, the, you know, law of three, that's just a tactic, right? Yeah. That's not necessarily a thing I've got to do. It's just a tactic. But once your agenda's set, you're willing to walk away, compelling reason to buy, get their success factors, then you get their requirements. Then you say, okay, cool. Like talking about some of the technical or tactical requirements. Hmm. Then you sort of start doing that. But people miss all of that other stuff and then they don't know how to follow up. Then they don't know what people are judging them on. Mm. Sure, you can ask questions like, okay, what's the most important thing? But that's a bit weak and it's a bit lazy. There yeah. are better questions than that. Interesting. And then from there you leave, you know, 10 minutes for, um, uh, you know, Q&A. Okay. And I mean, I know, do you want to go, like we got reverse. That's how we end. Yeah. Okay. So like, I mean, you got three more points, but I reckon like in this segment, if anyone wants more information about sales, and this is really good and you're not going into detail, you know, like message uh, Moby at redpandas.com.au for more details, more questions about this. But there's three more points. We'll hold off on that. But that's amazing what you're talking about. Like I've seen you go through that in calls and now it's starting to make sense why you do that. <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah. So you've seen me. Yeah. Because I don't think we've discussed this. Yeah. So you've seen me do it live and now you're seeing like the breakdown. of Yeah. It. So for you... Does it feel flowy? Yeah, it does. It's I always, you know, I always wondered like, how, how does he do flow it? so well? And, and so it didn't just, sound like to you I was following a checklist, right? No, like no, not at all. But I am. Yeah. But I am. That's you know. So I'm. I'm really, really glad you. And 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 sorry, Tony. And please, if if you have more on that, make that note. But what's interesting is people think that we are trying to teach them scripts. I don't believe in scripts. I believe in guidelines. Right? Mm. Scripts suck. And no, it's not a synonym for a guideline uh, or for a script. A guideline is different. Guideline is get the compelling reason to buy. A script is like, hey, customer, like what's got you reaching yeah, out today, right? Yeah. Get your compelling reason to buy however you get it. I didn't care. Use your own flavor. Use your own whatever. You know, law of three so is you do it your own way. Probe and just keep asking mm. as opposed to uh, ask them, tell me more. Like that's not the point, you mm. know, because the way people talk is different. But that's the point. How do you actually get it flowy? You role play this stuff, mm. right? You role play, you role play, you role play because at first it feels weird and then you fail together in a safe place with your team or with a trainer and then you go out there in the world. Yeah, and it's funny because I've seen like our clients and customers go, we really picked you. Like, you know, you, you've done so well on this. And I'm like, what? <laughs> Whoa, like they picked us already and you know how you take us through that. So like it works really well, right? Like, the clients often say like your sales process, like they're impressed by, and this happens with us and our partners impact in America, that like they're so impressed by the sales process. You know, the sales process is actually what, now it sounds obvious like that's why we bought from you, but they're impressed in the very early part of our sales process and that sets the authority and it sets the temperature for the rest of the relationship. They actually respect us mm. in the relationship. They're not hard customers. And then often because we sell this stuff, then they want to buy that from us how we did it. Yeah. <laughs> but um. But yeah. But no. Yeah. But that's it. And then like I guess if you want me to end up how we how we finish the discovery. I can yeah. The last part is uh reverse briefing, and then you know um you're like it sounds like a lot, but it's actually not. So that's reverse briefing. So you've got the compelling reason to buy. You've got the success factors already. You've got the requirements. You've done a Q and A. This is where you do a reverse brief. It's like a summation and it's a really, really good temperature check for you and the customer that you've heard the customer. So it's like, okay, awesome, Tony. Uh, we have discussed A, B, C, D. These are things that are most important to you. And for you, the most important criteria is going to be X, Y, Z. Mm. Have I missed anything? 
what you'll find, often they'll give you more. They'll be like, oh, here's another thing. Here's another thing. Mm. And they'll be highly impressed with how you've been able to summarize it, mm. right? It's for you and it's for them. Then it's call to action and what we call BAMFAM. Yeah, well, what's BAMFAM? <laughs> yeah, right. BAM looks cool, right? Everyone loves that acronym, right? Yeah. So BAMFAM is book a meeting from a meeting. Ah, okay. So what you should, you should never end a sales call without BAMFAM. The reason why a lot of people aren't following, uh, uh, the reason why people aren't answering your calls, the reason why people are ghosting you is because you haven't actually increased the importance of what you need to do next. And BAMFAM will highly, highly, highly reduce the amount of times people ghost you, don't come back to you, don't respond to your mm. follow-ups. And it's book a meeting from a meeting. So On that, like in that meeting? In that meeting. Yep. So okay. we've done a discovery. I've done a reverse brief. I've given you to a, call, a call to action, mm. right? So next week we're going to go over the proposal I'm going to send you and I'm going to send you some resources, which is low-key, by the way, that's assignment selling where you assign them things to do furthering your authority and also furthering them in the decision-making process, mm. right? And then BAMFAM is like, all right, awesome, cool. Now, this is this is the thing. It's not just book a meeting from a meeting. You have to set the agenda as well for the next call. So it might look something like, cool, all right, Tony, today's Thursday. Let's have a meeting on Monday or Tuesday mm. because you're going to have a bunch of questions in what I'll send you. It's normal for you to do so. And in that meeting, we're going to cover the proposal and any questions you're going to have as well as this resource mm. I'm going to send you about something you discussed earlier. Now, notice I didn't ask you for permission, but I didn't come across as rude, mm. right? This is so you can make a decision. This is so I can help you. Like I'm being that trusted advisor. Mm. You're thanking me for that stuff. Yeah, yeah. One or two things is going to happen. More likely, they'll be like, okay, cool. I'm free on this time. Let's book the meeting. Or, or they'll say no. Right, or they'll delay. Now, in sales, we get paid for yeses and nos, not for our false sense of security, mm. right? Not for a false sense of pipeline. So, if you know someone's not interested, you or there's something that's holding them back, it's better you tackle that now, not put something under the rug and go to bed at night. Not yeah. knowing what it is, right? That's yeah. not good. That's not what we want to do. Yeah, true. There is no lose to this question because they might be like, uh, you know what? I'll get back to you. You know, like uh, let me come back to you. You can literally ask them, uh, Tony, what's holding you back? Mm. You know, if I can ask, look, you know, we could do that. But if I could ask, you know, I sense something's holding you back. You know, what, what might that be? Yeah, yeah. Oh, nothing's holding back. I just need time to think about it. Uh, well, have we covered everything? Have like, you know, then you can kind of, you know, do little bits of reverse brief again. Does this sound like something that's interesting to you? Yeah, sure. I just need to think about it. All right, cool. Yeah, great. Awesome. I haven't given you things not to think about it. So I'll give you that share the proposals, share some information, and then let's jump on a call. This is where you can also promote the value of your time. It's like, well, for me to send a proposal, it's going to take me some time, Tony. It'll probably mm. take me about an hour or so. I have to get those resources. So it's a bit of effort for me to do that. Um, and it's not if you're not interested or if you still need some time to think about it, let me not send you a proposal and let's discuss next week on what you need. Do you know what I mean? You can just keep furthering it along. Yeah, you can yeah. keep furthering along. But the whole point is, you know, they're going to book it most of the time. If they don't, there's a reason why they don't want to. Mm. And in that time, that's another opportunity for you for you to say, yeah, what's holding you back? Yeah, that's... You know, yeah. Is, there, is there anything that's holding you back? You know, because for me, it seems like we're just ready to send you the proposal and, you know, discuss some things. If it's not right for you, that's fine. But let's discuss that in the next call. Yeah. You know, and I'll point you in the right direction if you have any concerns. At least we can shake hands and be friends and go on your merry way. Yeah. 
if someone still pushes back, it's like, oh, you know, like, you know, mm. you know. It's like, that's, that's what BAMFAM is. It's like you always said the perfect discovery course was about finding if like the business and the customer meet and then line. You've always said that, right? Yeah, is there alignment yeah. and how do we further the call? Yeah. You know, how do we further the call? So, so you book the meeting, you don't ask for permission, you're doing it a nice way and you are actually setting the, the time and the agenda, mm. you know? And that, in a nutshell, all of those things, there's obviously a lot of nuances. So when we do this, right, it, I think with this particular client, it took two months of training to master all the elements of the perfect discovery. Wow. Because yeah. one week we're focusing on agenda setting. One week we're focusing on willing to walk away. One week we're focusing on requirements and it depends on every client. So this stuff takes time. So don't be, if you're listening, don't be like too hard on yourself that you can't master it. But at least now you know some of the key things. And in most industries, whether or not you're skipping some of the middle steps, you are not skipping compelling reason. You're not skipping success factors. You're not skipping bam fam. You know, if you send proposals, um, you know, a lot of those fundamentals you are not skipping. Yeah. Well, I mean, we, we only were able to cover this in like, say, half an hour. So like, and you say it takes a bit of time and training and like four-day workshops. So if you want to speed your perfect discovery call on your sales team, you know, message Moby at redpandas.com.au or check out this episode, redpandas.com forward slash EP153. Yeah, there was a yeah. lot in there. Have a chat to us and on the call, if I can help you, great. And if I can't, I'll put you in the right direction. <laughs> See what I did? I actually do it without even noticing. But <laughs> thanks, Tony. Great shout out, man. I appreciate that. All good. See you guys. We'll join you again for another episode of Inbound Buzz. Thanks for listening to Inbound Buzz. Learn anything? Return the favor by spreading the word. Want to make your mark in digital? Need help with your digital strategy, inbound, and marketing automation efforts? Then visit redpandas.com.au and be sure to tune in next time for another Inbound Buzz hit.